As you prepare to sit down with a potential investor, you start to worry about the questions you're going to be asked and hope that you have all the answers. Ideally, what you'd love it to happen is to present the opportunity. They have all their questions answered with your amazing slide deck, and then they come on board as a partner. But wait, one common denominator that every potential investor has is they're human. And that means when you are presenting a real estate opportunity to them, it's sometimes hard to remove the emotion from their decision. Their gut feeling could derail it all for you. So what do you do? Maybe you try and gloss over their concerns with enthusiasm for the project, or you just keep emphasizing the numbers in the hope they're going to convince themselves. Well, there is a better answer, location intelligence. In this episode, I talk with Thomas Wally, CEO and co-founder of Unicast, a technology company that's committed to understanding how people move around on the planet by harnessing the power of location data. Their precise and verified human mobility data helps real estate businesses to improve their properties and portfolios. What that does is provides critical insights that help you zero in on the properties that meet your financial, tenant, and company branding needs. So stay tuned. Welcome to the Real Estate Investor Content Marketing Podcast, where we help you build a private following of investors to finance your next real estate investment project. We're here to show you how to create content that people can't ignore and that turns your real estate investing business into a standout success. In each episode, we'll explore the secrets of content marketing for real estate investors. We'll chat with smart people, give you useful tips, and share success stories from others who've mastered content marketing in their real estate investing businesses. We'll cover topics like writing articles, blog posts, eBooks, video, podcasts, email, marketing, online education, social media, graphics and images, and of course, AI. If it's content, we'll have the experts and the insights you'll need. Whether you're learning to tell compelling stories, figuring out social media, or growing your real estate investing business through content, you're in the right place. And now, on with the show. Thomas, thank you for joining us today. Uh, data. I can imagine people are immediately kind of glassing over in their eyes and thinking, oh no, data, you know, why do I have to even think about data? But tell us a little bit, first of all, about your company and what you're doing and then what you're doing, what kind of data you're collecting. And then, yeah. and then we can talk about how we can potentially leverage it. That's perfect. Yeah, no, thank you for being on the show, Paul. And yeah, you're right. For many, data is a bit overwhelming what does it actually mean and there's so many different types of data companies data sources everything out there but what we kind of been focusing on at unicast now for about eight years is to understand how do people move around on the planet like where do people shop where do people dine where do people live and work how do people commute and when we started unicast eight years ago no one really had an understanding of how people move around on the planet okay. eight years ago we had a very detailed understanding of our online Presence, what you were clicking, what you were reading, what you were buying, listening to, but how people move around in the world, which is basically 70% of our awake time, that was uncaptured. So that was the whole thesis of Unicast eight years ago, very early days. But we want to help basically companies to either make better decisions or to build better products. So okay. the real estate vertical that we have done a lot of work with is if you're a real estate investor, how can we try to eliminate some of that gut feel you have when you're making a real estate investment, right? right? That's investments in hundreds of millions of dollars. I think the real estate industry has been 
lacking a bit behind when it comes to leveraging technology on data, mm -hmm. but how can we help the real estate investors, the operators to make data-driven decisions rather than based on gut feel? Okay. As how do you collect the data? How do you understand where people are moving, what people are doing? Yeah, so that's a combination of many data sources. That's the input. Right. One of the data sources is GPS data, GPS signals from cell phones and apps. So that's what okay. we've spent many years building, like an ecosystem of understanding location signals thereafter. But that's just one component, right? Because that just tells you about human mobility. And okay. what you also want to understand is who are these types of people? Like if you see a hundred people walk into Walmart, what's their demography? Like are they male, female, what's their age, what's their income? So now we layer on top demographic data. Okay. Um, and we also, a lot of our models are built on machine learning, which requires that input data. And as you can imagine, well, there's a huge correlation between foot traffic data and weather. So we also right. kind of incorporate weather data as well. If, if it's raining or if it was raining, like, yeah, few people were outside. Wow. So you're, you're building this kind of giant picture and it, and this is applying to any kind of location. Or if I said, what's the best city to invest in in Ontario? right now, you could look at the data and start to say, well, there's migration of people here. There's more people to, is that what you yeah. basically? Wow. Yeah. And it, it, it's all about the question that you're asking, right? Because okay. there, there's so many questions to ask about, uh, like migration patterns, as you said, how's the neighborhood evolving? Is the store traffic to this store the same as it was a year ago? So it all lies in what kind of resolution are we looking at? Uh, and we can start to look at a venue, right? Just to give you a couple of examples. We can look mm -hmm. at a retail store. So now we can understand how many people are going to that retail venue every single week. Uh, we can understand uh, where those people are coming from. Are you drawing more people from this zip code or that zip code? Is the demo data on those people like skewing more towards the younger population or the older population? And people that go to that store what other places do they go to? Like, what are the competitors that they are visiting as well? Right. So that's kind of the read, that's the store level, right? Now right. is super, and be down. What about the neighborhood, right? How's the neighborhood? And that's very interesting after what we've seen, like we're still in this post COVID, right? So how are a certain neighborhood performing, right? Are we seeing like more people are going there, less people? What is the change between workers and visitors versus residents? And we see that quite a lot in big cities now, right? People are not working in the office, they're working from home. So how does the composition of people in that neighborhood change? And we can smile one more time to your example, which is migration pattern. Right? So what parts of the U.S. are seeing an increase in population versus a decrease? And here's an interesting data point. A lot of places are seeing like a flat increase. Okay. So I'm, I'm out of people moving out, also moving. There's just a certain number of houses available in apartments, but the change in composition of people is different. Like we see a lot of places where the richer families with kids are leaving, going mm -hmm. somewhere else, and in moves a younger generation, no kids with a different spending power. And of course, that changes the real estate landscape. It changes how retailers should operate and build. Right. You, you make a very good point and I was about to ask, so are you able to also look at incomes because it, or, or type of roles, type of jobs, level of jobs? Is that also data that you could lay on top? Yeah. We always like to say like, 
people want to go where the money is flowing. So we actually want to see where the money is flowing, like what, what part of a city or a state or a county. So yeah, we can layer in income, uh, data. We, we do that. We also, we do kind of the typical education is very common. We also have something that's very exciting, which is something we do with a great partner called spatial.ai. So we look at psychographic data. Okay. So now we go kind of like even deeper, right? We look at, are these, are these more of the retiree side? Is this kind of rich families with kids? Is this like wealthy plus 50, 60 that are kind of like sunsetting into their retirement? So there's so many nuances here that really makes this whole location that I come to life. Right. And I could see this for the real estate investor. They can then start to think, well, what types of properties are going to be better to, to have as investments? Because if you've got a, yeah. an aging population, sunsetting, as you say, and then probably not looking to have a four or five bedroom house anymore, they're probably looking to downsize. Yeah. It's, I'm look, I'm, I'm, I think a location is truly like having a crystal ball, like you can kind of, you can look at this and you can truly predict what's going to happen in the future. Right. And to give you, to give you one example of that, this was during COVID, right? This was in 2020. I think it was like mid of the summer, like September, October, 2020. And we, we have these different rankings internally where we could look at what state or what city in the U S are seeing kind of people moving to it. We all read about, right, in the news about people are fleeing and New York moved down to Florida. That was quite common knowledge. And I remember one day that I saw, and I'm from Norway, right? So I don't know all right. places in the U.S., but I saw this place like Boise, Idaho. Okay. Right? And I was like, I never heard about that place. And all the others were like the, the usual suspects, Austin and Miami. So I was like, guys, oh, I, Idaho, this must be wrong. We need to run those numbers again. And they did run the numbers again. And no. Boise, Idaho what was correct. We could kind of just see that Boise, Idaho was climbing. And in hindsight, we all know that people fled to Boise, Idaho, like this small place, not that known, but that was where all the Californians went to. And then the real estate prices started to skyrocket. So in hindsight, I wish I had a little real estate Boise, Idaho <laughs> fund. That would be a good investment. So. It is a crystal ball that you can kind of really look into the future and how the U.S. will look like. And how often are you recommending people look at this data? Because, you know, to your point with the COVID, we yeah. saw lots of huge change. Now things are kind of coalescing back to perhaps not quite normal, but a different kind of pattern. How often are you recommending people are running the numbers and looking at the data? So that depends very much on the use case you're looking to address. But I think we, we are seeing two things that might be a, mis, a misconception is that a lot of people think that I only need to look at this once. Let's look at the last year's history. Okay, now I know how it, how it looks like. But it's really kind of looking at the trends going forward and the changes, right? I think it's the changes that really matters. So... We have clients that are using this daily, weekly. It depends if they're looking at how many people are they pulling from a certain location to a retail store. If you're looking at migration data pattern, yeah, this might be enough on a monthly, quarterly basis. And we try to educate our clients that, and again, I'm going back to one of the first sentences that I said, we tried to like remove the gut feel right. with data-driven decisions. And there's no doubt that gut deal and local knowledge plays a huge part in real estate investment. 
but you can never move the human being. We're not there with like data rules at all and AI at all, but you want to make sure that the data backs up your investment thesis, right? And we have a lot of clients that are expecting that they will learn something completely new every time they look at the data. In most of the cases, and this is good, the data backs up what they thought. But now they have a data-driven anchor too, right? So imagine you're an analyst and you want to present this to your executive team. Now you can actually say, yeah, the data is kind of telling the story that we want to tell. But you want to understand it. You want to be early in looking at those trends, right? You want to imagine if people knew the boys said, oh, it's going to be like this crazy real estate growth. A lot of people will pay a lot of money to move back in time and be that person. So it all depends on the use case, but weekly, monthly, quarterly is kind of the different cadences. And do you ever have your clients uh, sit down and kind of look back and kind of say, okay, this has been this particular strategy that we followed for the last three years has been more successful than this second strategy. And are you able to go into the data retroactively and say, okay, these are probably the reasons why. And yep. that, that again helps set forward thought as well. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It, a, lot of, a lot of times, right? You want to go back in history to understand why something happened. Like that might explain some strange patterns, right? It might explain why if you have like tenants in a retail location, why didn't they see, a, and if, if you kind of base your rent on uh, their revenue, why did it, they didn't make that much revenue? And maybe you can see that there were seasonality, but it might, this year, they want that many events in the area, like things that draw people to the place. And I think it's, you can learn a little about the future by looking at the past. Right. right. Things tend to go in cycles, right? The world tends to repeat itself very accurately, but you want to understand when it doesn't, right? Like that's when the opportunity lies. Yeah. Cause one that kind of springs to mind right now, I think the U S is the same as up here in Canada. There's a housing yeah. short, there's a housing shortage. And what, what kind of things could you look at in the data to not guess that, but at least look into the crystal ball and say, okay. Like Canada is going to add another half a million people this year to, mm. its pop to its population, which is, I forget what percentage that is, but it's pretty, you know, it's significant. Yeah. Um, are there ways, what, what kind of data could you look at to start to kind of preempt or pre-guess where that? Yeah. So like the net increase in population to us as a country, that's not something that is covered by our products. So we, we don't see the immigration, for instance, from other countries, et cetera. I know there's other data sources like public data sources and you can kind of do some inference, but if you look at the housing market, right in the U S and again, this is where I'm always, again, I sit very close to this data, right? Every single right. day, I love to go in, look at the trends and I'm baffled by what I read in the Wall Street Journal and New York Times, because that's not the case. Like that's the, like, that's a different story. Like we're looking at the data and my point is that it's so regional. And it's right. so local, like you, you can look at a state, right? Then you can see, okay, this is how the state overall is performing. But now you can kind of dive to the counties and you can see like very different distinctions between counties mm -hmm. and we can even go down to like as deep as zip codes, right? So we have to be careful of this generalizing data patterns. Right. You have to go into that local market that you're looking to invest in and we have a lot of the biggest home builders in the U.S. are using our data to identify those spots, right? Back to my point about let's go where the money is flowing. 
Right. Uh, they, one of the questions we're being asked all, all the time, and that many of our clients are mon, 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 monitoring what part of the U.S. are seeing the biggest change in income. Right. That's hot. Like that's where you want to be. That's where right. you want to build multifamily apartment. That's where you want to build right. and retail stores. Like that's the um, that that's the kind of the goal insights that we can can provide. So, and I'm just thinking for the people listening, the investors listening. This is also potentially such a differentiator. If you're sitting in front of people that you're trying to raise money from, and you can sit and present in your pitch deck backed up data, yep. pe people are going to feel a lot more confident about giving you their $100,000, $250,000, 1000000 to invest mm. versus somebody else that says, yeah, when I think this neighborhood goes back to your gut feeling emotional, this neighborhood's worked well in the past, so we think yeah. it will again. But yeah. they're, not, they're not basing it on anything. True. Yeah, no, this works, this works on different dimensions. And I think this is where there's, like, so we've been around for eight, eight years and we have raised our combined company close to a hundred million in venture capital. So we put a lot of investments into product, into the data sources and so on. And we started off in other verticals. We started off in advertising in the beginning because that was a sophisticated vertical. Real estate is something that has really come on our radar in the last three or four years and growing rapidly because it, to find it, you can have an edge if you have this data at your fingertips, right? There are still, it, there's a still a big, I would say, common to like rely on gut feel, rely on the local knowledge. I know the brokers, they bring me the best deals, right? And companies are jumping on this quickly, right? So we're seeing the rate of adoption is happening fast, like faster than we anticipated. So I think right now it's an edge, but in certain time, five, six, right. seven years, it's going to be like Every, a part for everybody. The right. That, that makes total sense. I, I, I guess we can't have a conversation nowadays without talking about AI. So how is AI influencing what you're doing? How is it um, having an effect? Yeah, no, you're right. It, it's hard to not talk about AI these days, but there's a lot of bloated talking about AI as well. Uh, yeah. I think there's a lot of kind of ways that you're using AI and you build something, but then you try to find a problem to solve. And we have kind of approached this at Unicast from the way that if we're going to use AI, how can that better help our clients? Like what is the value that we bring into the clients? How can we make it easier to understand and access the insights that we have? And AI has a lot of very kind of hope, hopeful and potential applications. And I think it's still yet to be seen like what is really going to be the most used wide, widespread. But what we realize for our audience and for our buyers is what AI is really good at and generative AI is to transform numbers into narratives. So okay. transform numbers into narratives. And what I mean by that is, so our clients license at a dashboard and they can go into that dashboard and they can search for a location and they all see a bunch of graphs, right? Maybe like 15 to 20 different graphs tell everything about foot traffic to demographic to trade areas, etc. But we can't ignore the human person, right? So now the human person needs to kind of interpret what does all those graphs really mean, right? I see foot traffic going up here, but then I see demographic going down and then migration pattern is happening. There's a lot of different data sources to distill together, to build a narrative. And imagine you're an analyst for a VP of research, 
coming with these recommendations about where to invest. Now that person is responsible for kind of stitching all those pieces together. But generative AI is amazing at that. It can take all those graphs, all those numbers, and kind of pull it together and build a narrative, what you're mm -hmm. actually seeing. So that's what I mean by like going from numbers to narrative. So if when our clients look at a venue, they'll get a summary of everything that they need to know. Copy, paste, boom, into the investor presentation. And we just save them hours and hours of distilling information, trying to interpret it. That's what generative AI does far better than a human being. Awesome. Awesome. So if I'm a real estate investor, what are the first steps that you would recommend they, they look at when it starts to say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to start to embrace data. What do you suggest are the kind of first steps? Yeah. So maybe counterintuitive to saying, let's go to Unicast. That first kind of step is more understanding what you have of your own bit, like your own first party data, as it's called. And a lot of real estate investors sit on, this could be a deal flow, this could be rental prices, this could be like your own. So understanding what you have first, that's the starting point. And most have a pretty good sense of what they have, but you need to know what you have so that you can then understand and decide what additional data set do I need? Right. Like what can I augment what I will already have? Because one data set itself can't tell the whole story. You, you can't make investment decisions just by looking at how many people are going to a store, right? You need to look at that historical rent profile for that area. You might want to look for jobs and how many were like employed in that era. You might want to look for like tax rates and tax breaks. So start with your first party data first, and then kind of reach out to a data vendor that you think could help augment and ask them, how would you augment your data on top of my first party data? Okay, that's a great question to ask. So but what I'm sensing from you is the important thing is understand what you have and also what is the question you're trying to answer? What is the essence of having it more data piled on, not for the sake of it, but what are the outputs that you're hoping to get from it? Is that? Yeah. And there is a lot of companies want to jump on the data wagon and they feel almost forced to jump on the data wagon and they do that by... Just give me some data. I'll figure out how to deal with it. I got some analysts that can, I think that's not usually a successful uh, approach. It is kind of truly like, Hey, I'm looking to invest in multifamily in the Southeast. Okay. These are my regional markets. What type of insights and data would be interesting for me to have a better understanding of the performance of that area, historical and also going forward. Right. Okay, great. Now we know that migration pattern and neighborhood insights, right? How these neighborhoods that you're interested in, that's the right fit, fit for you. And then is a question, do you need this on a daily basis? Most likely not because neighborhoods doesn't change from a day to day, monthly. Yeah, monthly because of some seasonality, in some cases, even quarterly. So we work closely with our clients to educate them and help them ask the right questions to us so we can provide them with the right insights to help address that question. And I have to ask a question totally unrelated. Well, I guess it is right. But you had a company that you sold to Jay-Z at one point. Yeah. So tell us a quick story on that, what you were doing. Yeah. So this was, so myself and KJ, we started Unicast and we were also part of the founding team at Tidal, which was a music streaming service. So we were like one of the first employees there. Very exciting journey, like building the whole music streaming category alongside 
Spotify. And it's interesting because Spotify was born out of Sweden. Tidal was born out of Norway. And while Jay-Z and Beyonce end, end up buying the company, it never became the massive success as Spotify has had. And there's a few reasons for that, which we have kind of rectified with Unicast. Right. But that two big streaming services came out of Scandinavia, right? Scandinavia was very kind of tech savvy. We had a super good broadband connection. 3G, like when 3G was the hot thing. So you can right. kind of, you can stream music on your phone. Right. And it wasn't that big up a market that the record labels felt threatened or they were like, yeah, why don't you guys just run along with this streaming concept that's probably going to fail, but let's just try it. It's two small, cute markets in Scandinavia, but then very rapidly, it became the de facto way of listening to music and it really kind of killed piracy, which was one of uh, the goals. So yeah, we did that for about five, five years, huge learning, a learning journey, a lot of fun, hmm. but yeah, we want to build something new and that became Unicast. Right. And where do you see this going in the future? What's your crystal ball for data? So there, there's on a few aspects because it's about who you are selling to and like, what do you want to help? Them. If you're selling to very sophisticated data buyers, which we have. How do you make the data more accessible? How do you make the data more accurate? How do you make the data easier to ingest with APIs, et cetera? If you're kind of doing this for the lesser sophisticated teams that they don't have an analyst, they don't have a data scientist, how can you make them get to the answer they're looking for as quickly as possible? There are too many dashboards out there that are too clunky, too crowded. You don't really know where to start to click. So you have to kind of focus on like, make it super simple. Generative AI plays a big role in that. So that's kind of from the public perspective, something that we spend a lot of time thinking through how we can do better. Okay, wonderful. And how can people find out more about you? Where's the best place to find out about Unicast? So if they want to connect with me and learn more, and as you probably understand, I'm a big fan of talking about this topic. <laughs> they can email me at thomas at unicast.com, so Thomas with a TH, or find me on LinkedIn. And of course, if you want to learn more about what we do, read about some use cases we have, unicast.com is the place to go. Okay, we'll make sure that is in the show notes. And, and Thomas, thank you for joining us today and sharing some insights. I found it fascinating that uh, data can be exciting, and, and you obviously showed that. Exciting and very powerful when used the right way. You're right, Paul. Okay, thank you. I hope you found what Thomas had to say, not just interesting, but something that you're going to look at seriously to implement in your real estate investing business. Think about the differentiator that you're really going to be able to present to potential prospects and investors when you've got that kind of data to back up the opportunity or the property investment that you're looking for, for them to invest in with you. I hope you found that useful. Thank you for listening. If you did, I'd love it if you could take a moment and leave a review on wherever you listen to this podcast. And also think of one person that you could potentially share this with. It would really help us grow the show. Thanks. Have a brandtastic day.